Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. When I wrote my first book, I was in this place where I literally felt like I didn't love being around people. And I thought I was such an introvert. I was like, I'm, yeah. I used to tell you this, Lori. I was like, I'm an introvert. I don't, I like small conversations. I don't want groups. And I remember having a shift through my personal development work and realizing, no, I actually really like connection and I really like people and I like yeah. connecting and thriving and talking to people. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have my friend Natalie Jill on the show. She has been somebody in my life who has been a networker in my space. And when I say that, I mean that she has really gone out of her way to make me feel welcome, to connect with me, and also to connect me to people in her world that she loves. And as somebody who is somewhat more introverted, she has shown me the power of networking and connection. And she's constantly sending me new people. She's constantly saying, you should you know, go and meet this person. And as somebody who does have a personality like mine, this is one of the most powerful things that somebody can do for you is remind you the importance of 
getting outside of your circle and pushing yourself and connecting with people who maybe you're nervous to connect with. So she's brought so many angels into my life and she's also been on the podcast before. It was an amazing conversation. So you guys go look up her previous conversation if you love this podcast because we dive right in on this one. So she, Natalie Jill is a fat loss expert turned high performance coach. She helps people across the globe reach their health, business, and life goals by empowering them to level up and create everything from nothing. As a licensed master sports nutritionist, fat loss expert, and functional fitness trainer, she leverages the power of the internet. And in a short amount of time, she was able to help hundreds of thousands of people worldwide get in shape and be their best selves. And I know so many of you on here follow her already because I really don't know many people who aren't following her in the health and fitness space. So in the process, she created a globally recognized brand with well over 2.5 worldwide million people and has been recognized by Forbes for two years running as one of the top health and wellness influencers in the world. She's frequently asked about her age, which she's 47 right now, and how she appears to be aging in reverse. You guys, this is the absolute truth. Every time I see her, I'm like, what are you doing? So this is 1 million percent true. And when you meet her and when you see her, you'll say the same thing. And that was a huge part of our conversation today. So Natalie is also the creator and host of the top ranking podcast, Leveling Up, Creating Everything from Nothing. And she has her new book out, Aging in Reverse, which I have linked up in the show notes. I think you're going to love this conversation. Something that I absolutely love is she reminds me that age does not matter. It does not matter matter. And when we can take away the disempowering thought that, oh, we're getting older or, oh, we're too young, we can do anything. And that truly, we are just getting more and more powerful, more and more wise. And just listen into this conversation because I'm telling you, it's one of the most beautiful things that we can do for ourselves, especially as women, is just get rid of that idea that aging is something that we don't want to do because it is just making you better. So let's get started. Natalie, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast for a second time. Yes. Can't wait to chat with you. Oh my God. Uh, so <laughs> I'm finding more and more and like podcasts are the best way to catch up with friends because I feel like I haven't seen you in a while anyway. Yeah. So where does that the and therapy? Go? I feel like they're therapy too sometimes. Oh, they're major therapy for me. Like whenever yeah. I'm like feeling disconnected or just like, oh, what should I be doing in life right now? I'm like, who should I talk to? Who should I book? <laughs> I love it. Like a free session. Yeah. Um, so I would love to, cause you just came out with a new book and I know that I, I feel like I've been kind of like on the journey with you of writing your last yeah. book that we were yeah. kind of like writing or putting stuff out at the same time or around the same time. Um, and I would love to hear just because I think everybody is, you know, who listens to our podcasts are people who want to be doing something in the world. They want to be having yeah. a side hustle. They want to write a book. They want to be doing, you know, something that they're feeling called to. So I know that for your last book, you were like, wow, this was a massive undertaking yeah. and when you were done writing. You're like, I don't know if this is the modality that I want to do this. Yeah. So then you wrote another book. So I did. Tell me about yeah. the journey. Like what tell me about the first experience and then how you like transformed. I'm sure you did with the second experience. Like Totally. Like I love that question. And you know, what's funny. I just was remembering as you're asking me that you were literally like with me on my book tour. Remember you went to New York? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, Cause you had not done yours yet. You were no. in the starts of it. And yeah, that's right. So you were right in the thick of it. So so writing a book is is super powerful, whether you're doing it through a publisher or on your own. I think it's I think everybody has something in them to get out. I think everybody has a voice that should be heard. And I think it's a great avenue to write a book. Now, the intentions behind it are what I always ask people now. Like when someone says, I want to write a book, it's like, what's your intention? Because mm. your intention is to share with the world something that you're seeing, learning, that you've mastered. I think it's amazing. And then you can look at how you want to do it, self-publish or publish. I will share just full transparency. My first book, even though I completely believed in what I was writing about, what I was sharing, um, the message, 
What I did wrong is I was super focused on my ego, meaning I was writing the first book for an agenda. Like I wanted to hit New York Times. I wanted to be a bestseller. Like I literally was so focused on that that I was not being present to who I was helping and what was happening with the book. And I I own that now and I and I see that. And the reason initially I didn't want to write another book um, was the stress around that, <laughs> like you, because it's such a subjective thing when you're mm-hmm. when you're writing a book for an ego reason. So you know, whenever our egos take over, I feel like the universe has a way of checking us, and that's exactly what happened to me. So I'm in a different space with this book. I can I already feel that and can tell that. And here's the craziest part, though, is that those moments where, you know, looking backwards and you're like, oh my God, it's a humbling moment when you're like, wow, I, I had the wrong intention or wrote it for the wrong, whatever, whatever it is, because yeah. we've all been there before. But don't you feel like a lot of times even being able to, like you want to be able to tell people, but don't you feel like that was such an important part of your journey to like, what did yeah. you learn from that? Why, why was that necessary for your journey? You know, because it, I think ego comes up a lot. And here I had my very first book was Seven Day Jumpstart. And I had originally written the first version of it, you know, years ago when I was going through my own struggles. And I wrote it originally as a self published ebook and it did fantastic. It helped so many people. It was awesome. But I wanted to reach more people, but I also wanted to be a best selling author. So there, there was a struggle there because I could have reached more people without publishing, you know, but I wanted to be a best selling author. You know, looking back on why I wanted that, that's an ego thing. I think a lot of times it's an ego thing. Mm-hmm. So so I did that. And what I learned through that, which was really hard for me, and my gosh, I've talked to so many friends that have been in the same journey, is that I was really stuck on New York Times. Like that was mm-hmm. a big thing for me. And I remember my publisher even was like, All you're talking about is New York Times with this book. Like, what if you don't hit it? And it was like to me, I was like, Of course I'm gonna hit it. That's not <laughs> even an option. Like I I had like a vision up with a picture of the cover and I'll never forget that first week I sold so many books. Um, I did everything in my power to sell books. And when it did not hit New York Times, I literally wanted to die. I was like, I can't, I was so, I couldn't believe how bummed out I was. Mm. And I went into this like depression around it and it took my husband. And I remember talking to you and Chris about it at the time when it was happening. I remember, and a lot of people reached out to me because they had, some people had been there and my husband came in to talk to me and he's like, you know, I know you're super depressed about this for the last few days, but let me just show you the reviews you have around your book, like how many people you've actually helped. And when I saw that, and I I did flip a switch then, and it was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's why I wrote this. It was to help more people. And that's where the focus always should have been. And I got in my head around it. So Mm. my calling for writing books and sharing information didn't go away, but I changed my motive and agenda with it. Oh, I so feel that. I mean, I had the same exact thing. I had the same vision. I had the same desire. I, I, I don't know if it was, you know, looking back, I, I could, I could write a book on why I felt I needed to. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I want to talk about for people is, is number one, not being ashamed of that initial carrot, but like how you transformed it and how yeah. you got out of that through looking at, okay, what's the actual thing that's going to pull me through. But can you speak a little bit more into um, cause here's what I want people to realize and also not be ashamed of is that we all desire that validation, but yeah. what was it that you thought you were going to like when you pictured what New York times was going to do for you, what was the feeling that you were hoping it was going to give, or what were you finally going to feel or what, why, like what was yeah. it for? Yeah. So I don't know that I have a full answer for it other than I've done a lot of reflection around it. Cause Whenever ego comes up in my life, like really comes up, there's usually a setback that follows, and oh. then I learn. And um, I think it, it, a lot of a lot of people do struggle with it, and it goes back to like a childhood thing. I'm sure, like I, it's a it's a sense of fitting in, uh, mm-hmm. being valid, being value validated, you know, having people believe in you, and. Sometimes if you're in that uh, pattern of that, which I definitely am guilty of many times, when it's not working in your favor, it's like you've put your whole identity in that validation. Mm-hmm. So that's, to me, that's what was coming up for me. And I ha- and really that set me on a whole spiral of personal development. That was the start of really looking at personal development because that I realized that was a problem. Like I can't live my life based on someone else's credential or approval of me. You know, that doesn't... Mm-hmm. and just because New York Times does or doesn't make me a best-selling author doesn't mean my my ideas and my program and my work ha- doesn't help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it was unattaching to that and really coming from a place of service versus ego. 
Oh my God. I so I had to do so much work around it because I was like, what is this that is making yeah. me feel like if I do not get yeah. it? I can I can honestly tell you it was really like I wanted to be accepted by a certain peer group for sure. Yeah. Like maybe I'll be val- you know, validated enough to finally hang out with you and you could, you'll see me. Um, mm. And that, which is so funny because even with that, like the book even more that I had written about tribe, I'm like, oh, we need to make our own. Like we need to, yeah. we need to just authentically create our own people that we feel so you know good yeah. around. Well, you went on like a massive personal development journey over the past- I did. It's been a year, two years? Yeah, two and two years, really, two and a half years, really. I went on a whole journey, and it's been very eye-opening for me. And and you know, once you have a, a pattern of something, you're gonna fight it in your life. But oh my God, yes. the awareness around it is what makes the difference. So what happens is instead of falling down the rabbit hole of a pattern, you start being aware of it and say, oh, this is what's coming up, and let me let me shift that. So when I had the opportunity to write Aging in Reverse, and I can I'll talk about what that came from really. But when I had the opportunity, it never even entered my head that I'm doing it for a best-selling book. Yeah. I, it really felt that I had stuff I wanted to share. I wanted to pour it out. And the best way to do that was in this next book mm. and getting it out there. And I've been on a mission getting it out there, but it's my mission of getting it out there is very different than my first time around with my book. So in your mission of getting this message out there, which I just feel like is like you have... I thought you were freaking amazing before, but now I'm like, oh my God, there's like a whole other, it's like a whole other layer revealed. It, so do you write about that? Did you write about just yeah. perspective shift of all of that? So what's the main, what do you feel like is the main theme in this book? I know that you oh talk a lot about, Yeah, I know. There's, there's so many things that I want to say right now, but I'll tell you the first and foremost to answer your question, the main theme of the book is changing your state because okay. what, whether it's fat loss, business, your health, money, financial, whatever, relationship, your mindset, your change of state has is critical. That mm-hmm. has to be first because it, we've all become who we are right now today based on a series of thoughts and actions. So if we don't shift those, then we keep getting what we've always gotten. Mm-hmm. So a huge theme that came up in my book is about changing your state. And I really take people through that, like how to do that. Now, you know what's really funny is when I wrote my first book, I was in this place where I literally felt like I didn't love being around people. And I thought I was such an introvert. I was like, I'm, yeah. I used to tell you this, Lori. I was like, I'm an introvert. I don't, I like small conversations. I don't want groups. And I remember having a shift through my personal development work and realizing, no, I actually really like connection and I really like people and I like yeah. connecting and thriving and talking to people. And I remember texting you one day and saying, okay, I thought I was an introvert, but this is wild. I actually am not. I, I like connecting <laughs> with people. And it's interesting because my business has even shifted taking that back on. Like where I used to be all behind a video or writing, I'm very engaged in small groups and like being on Zooms or, mm. you know, teaching, being on more lives. Like I like talking to people now. I do that more than talking at them. What do you think that shift was? Was it a perspective of, um, cause I so relate so deeply with that. You have no idea. <laughs> like, yeah. and I, I think for part of me, the mental shift was, viewing them differently. I used to be like, oh, when I'm around people, they take my energy or, you know, and I, but I wasn't being responsible with my energy yeah. and how I was showing up. So what was a shift for you? The same as you with that. And, and I really learning about uh, what I call performer syndrome. I don't even know if that's a real thing, but like, I felt like I always had to be on and we Ooh. don't have to, when you're in the company of the right people, you don't have to always be on. You can just be listening and be present. Oh so when my I, God. So that came chills. up really strong. Yeah. And performer syndrome. The, yeah. And I, I think I made that up. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe someone else has coined that, but, but that's what really has landed for me that, that I felt the need that I always had to be like on or solving or fixing or helping or like that. And that does drain your energy. But if I'm just there and present and listening, that's great. I can do that too. I can just be. Mm-hmm. I, I literally just talked about this this weekend where, cause I did an exercise where it was like that, where it was like you... You actually have to just listen to someone without coaching them. Yeah. Um, and people were so uncomfortable. All the fixers in the room were yeah. so uncomfortable because they were like, am I valuable if I'm not adding value? Right. Oh, yeah. snap. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how did you still find yourself to be... like? What was the transition of realizing you were still valuable even if you weren't in coach mode? Well, I mean, it took, a, it took a while. It took getting a lot of honest feedback from people and going into workshops and go, going heavy into personal development and asking for honest feedback because I felt like I was living this life where people were telling me what they thought I wanted to hear. Wow. I wasn't getting honest feedback anymore. I needed to know how I was actually showing up. 
And I needed to relate that to my results. And when I was just able to take it on, it wasn't comfortable, but mm-hmm. I had some massive shifts around it because I was open to the feedback. So, so many of us, we don't want to hear it. We're like, oh, they're just a hater. Or they don't like it, but we have to listen to that because if you're not listening to it, you don't know how you're showing up to people. Oh man. So for people who maybe aren't, you know, in a, a personal development training or they're not going through it, what would you recommend to them to get that feedback and how do you prepare yourself for it? Because it's like the fear around what's yeah. about to be said. Gosh, that's a big question. Um, I mean, I guess for starters, you, you, I, you don't have to take a personal development workshop, but you can read books on it. Like that's on the, or listen to podcasts on it, but start mm-hmm. with like looking at you. So, you know, I always said to people, it's nobody else's fault. Be accountable. But here I wasn't being accountable. I was like hiding in this thing. So Mm. part of being accountable is being aware of how you're showing up. And if you don't ever want to hear it, that's not exactly being accountable. That's just trying to be perfect and trying to make everything fit into your bubble. And that doesn't work either. So I'm not saying you have to go throw yourselves to the wolves and be torn down and be a mess, but you you do have to listen and look at how you're showing up if you want to change. Now, if you don't, if you have no desire to change and you're content, then more power to you. My life, yeah. things were not working in my life. I had to look at this. Mm-hmm. So I... Um, I was open to it. And I started making it really a policy in my life to my friends, like an open door to give me actual feedback. Mm. You know, it's so funny. We don't even do it with our, our closest friends. And that's so awkward to me. Like, like, Lord, like just think about somebody, your friend with their food in their teeth. Like why, what is it about us that we don't want to tell them? Like, that's not okay. Like, I want you to tell me. Yeah. So, so, so just being real with your friends and saying, Hey, I want honest feedback, asking for feedback from your clients and your customers, not hiding around it, like really diving into it. Oh man. I have one group of friends that we do this in. And the only way that we can do it is by like all agreeing that we all want the feedback basically yeah. like, yeah. like, okay, can we all agree that this is something that we'll do for each other? And you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard conversation to even bring up. Like yes. you have to find those trustworthy people who are also doing the work or sometimes you can be kind of like a, you know, you could be like a, a target for somebody who's not necessarily doing the work. You know, what's really funny. I went through this little phase uh, while I was going through a lot of my work where I, I went, I got very sad about it. And I thought, gosh, now my business really isn't working. And I uh, used to just think I was amazing. And a part, like literally I had this warp thing. Like I used to think I was amazing, but now I let feedback in and now I'm self second guessing myself. So I'm not uh, confident. So I went through a mini phase of that for sure. Um, but it, what's on the other side of that's incredible. And the key to that is to talk about it with people. So like I, I went to my coaches, I, I talked about, I said, this is what's coming up for me. And I worked through it versus just avoiding it because mm. just to avoid it and block everyone out of your life that doesn't see your way or love you or think you're amazing. That's, that's so fake. I mean, that's <laughs> you're not going to get anywhere. And then yes. you don't have deep relationships from that. Oh my God. It's, it's one of the most empowering things and also one of the scariest things. But I think just like you said, the reason we don't want to tell our friends they have something in their teeth is because it's an initial pain, right? It's like yeah. that initial wave, but then it goes away. Like the awkward moment is gone. You forget that it yeah. happened, yeah. but, but it's that initial wave of like, how bad is this going to hurt? So how do you cope with the moment of how bad is this going to hurt? Well, you have to detach yourself and ask yourself why it's hurting so much because usually someone's opinion, it's just an experience of you. It's not necessarily the fact, it's their experience of you. But mm-hmm. like if, if, you know, if 20 people are saying my experience of you is this, I need to look at that like, cause that's yeah. how I'm showing up. So whether yeah. I believe it or not, that's what's showing up. Mm. So there's so many things that um, I could chat with you about, about, you know, what's come up for you over around the book. But one of the things that I want to ask you about, because you're, you're a huge mentor for me in this area. And I literally never, like, I don't see age when I look at you ever. Um, and I know it, it's so crazy how fast time goes. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 38 right now. And it's, it's really bizarre because this year and part of last year, I've become aware that, oh, I'm in my late thirties. Yeah. Like, and I'm trying not to have this conversation in my head. So I would love to have it with yeah. you. I um, love this. Just to point out celebrating getting older. I want to be a mentor for other women because I don't know if you remember, I, of course, I know you've done this before. You're a woman, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when you're younger and you're in your twenties and you have an age in your mind of where like life kind of either yeah, stops. Of course or it stops being good, or you stop like, you know, having that youth or having whatever that is like, how do we 
dissolve that? How do we start removing I love that. our value? Yeah. So it's so funny. I love that you asked that because I would, when people say, what do you do? I say, I kill fat for a living, but I don't mean just the fat on your bodies. I mean what I call false assumed truths. Uh, and those are those beliefs that have been holding us back. Like it's, you're too old, it's too late, or it's not possible. All those like false beliefs. Yeah. And so with age, this is a really big, important one because there's sort of three phases of our lives that I look at. Phase one is like you're a child and anything's possible. Like I love the how children are present. They believe they can be a superhero. They're going to be a princess. Like there's no sense of failure. They're confident. They're running on the beach. They're not covering up their butt because they're worried someone's yeah. going to take a, think about it or take a picture of it or whatever. Like they're just free. And then there's this stage of like, I would call like hustle mode. Like you're getting through school, you're getting through your job, you're working, you're doing, you're doing all these things. And you think you have all this time. And then all of a sudden you're in your forties or your fifties and you're like, oh my gosh, now what? Mm. I, did I miss the boat? Is it too late? Am I too old? And what what's really challenging is society really validates that. Like you don't see older, you see younger, you see everything's about younger and people start believing that it has to be this way. And mm. then you have doctors telling you, well, it's your age. <laughs> so it's like this whole combined thing. So I have, you have to literally like mind mess with it and say, I'm not taking that on. I'm not going to believe that. I don't, mm -hmm. just because I'm this age doesn't mean I can't this. Like anything is still possible for you if you believe it. If you look at the four minute mile, like that was proven to be impossible. Like no one can ever run the four minute mile until someone did it. And then someone did it and 10 more people did it. So right. anything is, going to be possible once you believe it. But this thing around age is a real thing. And there's too much validation going around about you're too old and it's too late. And I'm on a mission. My vision is to really change the way that that looks. Because when someone is shocked about my age, if they're like, oh, you're 47. Wow. I would have never guessed. To me, I'm like, but this is what it's supposed to look like. Right. Why can't this be 47? Right. What, what in you... Did you have somebody that you looked two for that? Or was it something, uh, let me tell you, because I, being from the Midwest, like you go back there and the definition of age is completely different than living yes, in California. Totally. Um, my whole world has flipped on its head living out here because, you know, I remember going to the Santa Monica stairs and there's like yeah. an 80 year old woman doing the stairs, like way, like doing yeah. way more stairs than I would ever even think of doing that day. Right. Wait a minute. And this is just what she's known and what she's done. And she yeah. doesn't accept anything else. And it's like, this is what Chris and I see every day is these people in their 70s, totally. 80s, like freaking working out everywhere. So totally. what, what do you do to, if you are, you know, in the Midwest yeah. or you're not seeing it around you, like where, yeah. can, what do we do? Mentally? Yeah. So you, you have to look for it and find success always leaves clues with this. Now you asked me, like, did someone inspire this for me? First and foremost, I remember when I first moved to California, gosh, I don't know, was it 15, 16 years ago? Yeah. I met a, a friend. Her name was Rad, Ruth Ann. Um, we called her Rad. And I, <laughs> she was, I, don't, I don't even know her exact age. I think she's probably 20 years older than me. But I remember she was hanging out with all of us, surfs, fun, amazing, beautiful, like just, just an incredible energy. And I don't, physically, yes, very attractive, but beautiful more because of her personality. Like yeah. it made her want to be around you. And like literally, you didn't think of age when you were with her. Like she was just mm -hmm. that. And I always like looked up to that. I'm like, that's what I want. Like, I like that she's ageless and it doesn't matter. And I knew then like, that's what I wanted for my life. And mm. then I just, you know, I do feel lucky and fortunate living in Southern California because I do have a lot of friends that look amazing in their forties and fifties. There's a lot of them. And I know that that's not the rest of the country. And that's a big reason I wanted to write this book because I'm like, you know what? There's simple things that we all do that's keeping that going. Mm. And we don't validate that we're too old and it's too late ever. We're doing the opposite. We're mm -hmm. like, you go, you do it, you can do it. And we're helping each other with that. And that's what I wanted to be contagious for everybody else. Oh man. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to drop into my own therapy session with you. So okay. I, <laughs> so I know that if I'm experiencing it, someone else's. So I recently in my head have been like, I, I'm like obsessed with clothes and I love my, mm -hmm. you know, it, makeup and my hair yeah. extensions or whatever. So I'm like, I, the other day was like, am I too old for this? Is this outfit too young for me? Mm. Ah! I was like, where is this coming from? Yeah. Oh, it's I did not like society. that. Yeah. No. And you have, and it says, it's always like, says who? Says who? You know, it's funny because I have a 12 year old 
Oh, she's yeah. almost 12. And she's made a couple comments and be like, mom, you can't, that's not. And then what's funny is I went to volunteer at her, uh, her play that she's in and all yeah. the girls backstage were like, oh, your mom's so hip and cute. And mm-hmm. like, they were giving me compliments to her. So then all of a sudden she's like, my mom is cool. Like, so it's just funny. Like kids will do that. Right. But, um, yes. but it's, it really does go to says who says who, yeah. why can't you have long hair and eyelashes and whatever else? And the thing with aging in reverse, it's not just about the physical appearance. I want to be clear about that. Like, I don't, I'm not attached if someone wants hair extensions or Botox or whatever. Like that's each his own. I don't care about that. I personally will never be fully gray. It's just not going to happen. It's like, I'm going to (laughs) have, my hair will be colored until the day I die. Like that's just what's happening. Um, But that's not what this is necessarily about. There's a a lot more to aging in reverse. That's not just physical appearance. It's the way that your body functions. It's pain. Mm. It's the way you feel. It's inflammation. It's your attitude. It's your focus. You know, a big complaint of women in their forties and fifties is loss of focus and energy. And Mm. there's, there's a reason for that. Let's get that back. Yeah. Because all of that affects your confidence and it affects your drive. It affects your life. Where, what do you think the, the focus and energy is coming from? What, why is that lacking? Is it purpose-driven? What is that? There's a lot. But first and foremost, it's purpose and vision. You, when you have purpose and vision, you're on fire. So when you, you have a reason and what happens in, in this middle age is a lot of women, either they didn't have kids and now they're regretting it or they had them and their kids are grown. So there's like this weird spot of like, wow, time is speeding up. And now their parents are getting sick or dying. or mm-hmm. So there's this like weird spot of that. And now they've... Um, so, so they've got that going on and they've got more stress and now they're inflamed and they've got... So there's a whole bunch of ha- stuff happening. They start feeling depressed. They start they start losing like, what, what am I here for? Like, what am I doing? If I... you know, Is my job the permanent thing? Am I... They, all these starts, thoughts are coming through. So getting re-engaged with what's my purpose and vision, like what do I want? That gets you excited again. Mm, man, that's so important because when we do look at the beginning of our life, it's like, okay, in your teenage years, you're excited to you know, graduate or start yeah. a career or you have all of these markers and all of a sudden you get to the point where you've hit the markers or you haven't hit the markers and yeah. you're like, oh my God, is this going to happen for me or what now? Right. Oh right. my gosh. So yeah. cool. So tell me about... Um, you know, you talk so much about changing your state. And I just think that that is like, I mean, daily, Natalie, for me, I'm like, okay, let's start in the morning. Let's just, because I wake up and it's like, I forget who I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what happens when, you know, uh, how do we, when our environment yet does not reflect back the reality that we want, how do we change our state when our environment yeah. Still like in a shithole. I, I love that. So first and foremost, you have to decide. You have to make a decision. Like this is where I want. This is where I'm going, and this is what's happening. So it's it's a firm decision. Like this is my decision. This is happening. This the second thing is you've got to declare it. You got to start being public about it. Like like meaning you're telling your friends we're not going to bitch about our age anymore, or we're not going to we're not talking. Oh, I don't yeah. want to validate this stuff. So like declare it. Like this is what I'm going after, and then it's creating a vision. So whether you do that like through a vision board, which I love vision boards. Um, uh, you know, this goes back to my initial transformation 10 years ago. I made a vision board. That was my step one. Because when you can't, when you don't have an environment around you that is reflecting where you want to be, your brain, your body does not know the difference between your thoughts and what's actually happening. Mm. So if you don't have it around you, why, like if you're not living near an ocean and you need ocean to feel calm, then by all means, put some water noise on in the background and put a big picture of the ocean in front of you mm. so you can start getting those thoughts. <laughs> But create something so you can start looking at that. And then you can easily surround yourself with those things, even though they're not physically in your environment, like pictures, like music, like podcasts, books, the right groups. There's You always can find where success leaves clues and you can always surround yourself with those things. Mm-hmm. You could be walking around the grossest, ugliest city in the world, but you could put music or a podcast on. It's going to change your mind about it. Mm-hmm. And have a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. Or you could sit and look at a tree in a park and imagine you're anywhere. Mm-hmm. So your your mind really is powerful, but changing your state first is absolutely critical. And most importantly in changing your state is getting rid of what I call false assumed truths and self-imposed stops. So you have to catch yourself on all these negative things you're telling yourself, like I'm too old, it's too late, my metabolism, my hormones, my genetics, whatever. All of it. You have to stop believing and saying it. Mm, so true. And, it, and it's an easy default. Like when you, you know, if you feel tired or we're always looking for like a reason why we feel this way, why do we feel this way? It's so easy to blame it. So for you with your, with, you know, when you, when you have a vision in your mind or, 
Um, is there anything right now that doesn't feel possible and how are you trying to make it feel in reach for you? Yeah. Gosh, that's a really good question. I don't feel that anything feels impossible to me. Um, I, I actually feel the opposite. I feel that anything I really truly desire and want is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the scary part is, am I really wanting that? And what's wow. my conviction around it? So like, like there's things that like I could, for instance, I could scroll Instagram and see someone on a private jet and I could be like, I want a private jet. Yeah. Great. But like, and could I have one? I'm sure I could, but the amount of work and stuff I would need to take on in my life to create that type of environment that I have my own private jet, I'm not really in a spot that I want that for real. (laughs) Like, I'd rather just be invited on yours, Lori, when you get one. (laughs) So so, so I make choices like that. Or like, um, do I want to be a size, you know, a ridiculous size, tiny or whatever on my body? Like, again, do I really want that? If I really do, I can go for it, but I have to realize what it's going to take to do that. So I, I might say no to taking on a vision or something like that because vision is not woo-woo. It's not like I just, I want to do this and it's just going to come to me. It's like there right. is involved. So I'm very selective and careful what I'm saying and declaring that I actually want, but I believe that anything we all desire and want, we can make happen if we are truly committed to that. Okay. So question on that one. Um, cause I'm in that space right now of like looking at the work involved in something. Yes. How do we tell, how do you think, or what, what's coming to you around when you look at the work involved, when is it, are you afraid of the work involved or are, am I afraid that I'm not able to take that on or that I'm not smart enough for it? Um, yeah. and when is it that I'm just, you know, self-sabotaging myself out of the vision? Like how yeah. do you find if it's really our vision when you, when you think you really want it, but you're afraid of. Yes. That's a great question. I, I would I think my answer to that is I do a lot of visualization. So yeah. I do a lot of like quiet time. Like I'll, I have a massage chair, which is the best investment ever, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it's like the best thing I've ever bought in my life, but I sit in my massage chair and I'll close my eyes. I'll put some music on and I'll literally envision like, okay, what like talk, take the private jet for example whatever if I like I'll literally like okay what would my life be like and mm-hmm. I try to like fast forward my life to whatever it is that I want or want to be experiencing and I think through like do I really want to take that on for instance um, with my business I've made a lot of different decisions this year based on lifestyle versus like creating income so I can think like I want my business to get to a certain number but when I really visualize what I'm doing how I'm spending my time when it gets there I choose not to take that on so, yeah. because. Because I know, I think like, what is it that I'm creating a business for? What is it that I'm an entrepreneur for? It's for the lifestyle that I want. So if I can live that lifestyle and not have to take that stuff on, I'd rather do that. So it's really just putting yourself in that moment of what it is and then deciding if that's worth it. And everybody has to answer that individually. Mm. Oh man. It's so funny how we can like literally know these things, but you don't know it if you're not doing it. You don't truly understand it if you're not doing it. Yes. And, yes. and for me, it's funny because I did that with my fitness business and like really yeah. looked at, do I really want to be like a true fitness, like right. whatever. And and I was like, actually, I don't want to be working yeah. out every day. You know, I, I actually too. don't want to be doing that. And that was, and I, I only got to that place because I visualized my life. And now yes. you just reminded me, no, you have to do the work sitting down every day and visualizing what that would actually look like. Yeah. And so like, Yes. And I, and, and just like the fitness is an exact example because both of us built our brands on fitness. Yeah. Right? And so it's not that I've abandoned fitness, but I made some really hard decisions this year. Like I decided that I'm not creating any more of my own fitness programs. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean I can't do fitness. I can work. I, I made a, I did a great DVD for prevention this year. Mm-hmm. I'm doing um, a, a, for an app company. I'm, I still do fitness, but I do it selectively now as fun for somebody else or for another yeah. company. And that way I don't have the pressure that I have to be creating all the time. So mm-hmm. there is a, there is a both and, and there's a win-win you can always create, but saying yes to everything th- that wouldn't work for me. So tell me about the pivots because obviously people who listen to these podcasts is probably because they are in a pivot or they're about to pivot. Yeah. And you mentioned that it's scary, especially when your identity yeah. is wrapped up as, you know, I, I mean, when I first met you, you were, you were the fitness queen. Yeah. So it's, um, what did that look like kind of detaching from, yes, you're still fitness, but this isn't my identity. Well, what it looks like is not having to be so black and white, you know, cutting everything off. Like there's a gray, there's a gray. So like, I didn't go from like, I'm all fitness to like, there's no fitness. Like that would be an issue. Like if all of a sudden I took (laughs) down all my fitness videos and I'm like, okay, now I'm talking about, you know, 
being an, being an entrepreneur, like whatever. I'm just saying like that just doesn't work. So you, it's still part of your life. So you tell a story, you make it all tie together. Like for me, I'm just, I meet people where I'm at and where they're at. So I'm going to share what's actually happening in my life. So like fitness is, I still have fitness videos out there. Yeah. I, still, I still will work out forever. Like I love fitness. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want that to be the focus of everything. So it's about introducing new concepts while you're still doing your old and letting go of beliefs, those self-imposed stops. Like for instance, like I said, I instead of creating more of my own fitness products, I'm doing them with companies now, which allows mm-hmm. me to still offer something for my audience, but it doesn't put the pressure on me to always be creating in that space. So I can still be a mix of both and I can start evolving. So I would tell anyone that's in that spot, there's a both and you could do both. Like mm. I, all the time people are in corporate and they want to start their own business. I'm like, do both. <laughs> like mm. you don't have to just stop and start, like do both until one thing makes more sense. Oh my God. Amen. That's how I've always done it. Like you kind of start bringing in little things or dabbling yeah. or, and we're so lucky to live in this era of social media that literally tomorrow you could start talking about what you want to be doing yes. on social and test it and get totally. feedback and keep going. It's like, we're so blessed. I literally love that you said, well, there's a gray area. like Because it does kind of feel that way. It, you're going to feel confused. Your audience might feel confused. It's a confusing time, but it's how you bring in. It's how yes. you mix the two, right? Like, And let me tell you, Lori, I started, like, I started getting really direct with like who I'm trying to attract and who I yeah. want to speak to. So I started like literally saying on posts, and this was scary. I'm going to be real because I have an audience of all different ages. I started saying, hey, ladies in your 40s and 50s. Now I had that was scary because I'm like, well, I have 20 year olds and I have 30 year olds and I have, and that's great. But here's the thing. There's 30 year olds still follow me. 30 year olds still like my programs. I'm not saying you can't, I'm just going to speak to where I'm at. So it's okay to do that. It's okay to speak directly to who you want to talk to and others will still follow and like, and want to hear your message, but you can't be all things to all people. Oh man, I'm taking a course on that right now. And I'm just like, that's exactly what I'm starting. It's scary. It's scary mm-hmm. because you're like, wait, I want to include everyone and I want everyone yeah. to feel good. But then you do that and your your stuff kind of falls flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the people that you're trying to attract don't feel heard. So like yeah. women in their forties and fifties feel heard by me because that's who I'm talking to. Right. Oh my God. So good. Um, so we've mentioned a couple, or you've mentioned a couple times about inflammation. And I don't think that people realize how much of some of the things that they're feeling or thinking could actually be coming from not feeling well or feeling inflamed or eating the wrong foods. Because, you know, I look at my family and honestly, growing up a lot of, a lot of the, the beliefs and the things that were said was, you know, we, we struggle with anxiety or depression, or we have X, Y, and Z. And and what I didn't realize is I really, really believed that, but it wasn't until I started eating well yes. that I yeah. could, I felt good. I started to f- hear myself, you know? So tell me a yeah. little bit about so, that. Okay. So I'll start with a general analogy. So if you walk by a body of water and the yeah. body of water is filled with like dirt and trash and moss and muck and gross, and you throw something else in there, you don't even notice what else you throw in there. Yeah. It's just a big, <laughs> foggy, dirty mess. Yeah. But if you walk by a beautiful body of water and it's pretty, it's beautiful, like crystal clear. It's super clean. And I throw one piece of trash in there. I really notice it. Mm -hmm. I really notice it. So first and foremost is we treat our bodies like those dirty waters. A lot of times we're throwing all this stuff in there. And then we're wondering why we're foggy headed, not feeling good. Like, well, duh, this is why you're drinking artificial sweeteners. You're not, you're not on point with your diet. You're not drinking enough water. You're taking a pills for whatever you're, you know, we're doing all this stuff to our body and then we're wondering why we're not feeling great. So, mm-hmm. so inflammation is, you can define it a lot of different ways, but basically inflammation is, I'll define it as anytime your body is not knowing what to do with what's going on in it. So it's reacting. Mm-hmm. So, and that shows up on your skin. It shows up in your gut health. It shows up in joint pain. It shows up in your foggy head. It shows up in memory loss. It shows up in a lot of different areas, stomach aches, all kinds of different ways it can show up. So we don't know what's causing things if we're eating, we have a big dirty water bottom mm. body. So my first step with people is we've really got to clean up your diet. And I really take it a whole nother level, especially in aging universe. My first book was called Unprocess Your Diet. And I talked about unprocessing. Aging in reverse, I go a whole nother level because I'm gonna, it's still based on unprocessed natural foods, but I'm taking out any possible allergen because mm-hmm. I want to take those out. Uh, especially known foods that cause inflammation. So we can even see what's under that, all of that. Now, a lot of times somebody might say, well, I don't, I don't want to give up dairy, for instance. I don't want to get, I'm like, okay, well, if that working for you, if, if it's working for them, they don't need to. But if they're feeling all these things, why would you not try to take it out for 
10 days, which is what I teach in, in this program. Um, take it out for 10 days. Let's see if we can get you back to a great state. And then you can add things in and see how you feel. Um, I know for me, um, a big reason that I do look what people say is younger than others. And the reason I don't have stomach aches or skin breakouts or any of that is I do eat a very anti-inflammatory diet. Mm. And um, I, you know, I had an injury two years ago uh, in my back, a really bad injury. And when I eat foods that cause inflammation, that really flares up for me. Mm. And when I don't, I feel great. So it's not that I'll never have pizza or whatever. I'm human. But I also know what it's going to do to my body when I have it now. It's like throwing that junk in the clean body of water. So I'm very aware. And that's where I want people to be is you should be very aware of what you're eating and how it's impacting your focus and your clarity and all of that. Mm. I think one of the, the, the toughest things for people who might be listening is I think intuitively, we know a lot of the things we put in our mouths. We're like, oh, my body's kind of mm-hmm. telling me this is not awesome, but we ignore it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm super guilty of it. Like mm-hmm. I literally, even after this weekend, I was like, oh, my body's telling me I really need to watch Have a donut. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> um, so, and I do it too. There's I nobody that's that, perfect with it. No. There's no one perfect. I think the hard part is like, you know, having a family who still is like really just not on, on the health page is the, the joy factor, right? There's so many emotions tied to the food that they eat. And, and I think that they really believe that if you start taking those things away, they, they can't get to the other side of what it will feel like. How, what do we focus on in the interim of, you know, cutting back the drinking or cutting back the sugar? Like how do we mentally, cause it's a, it's like, a, yeah somebody quitting drugs. Yes. And I agree with that. And that's why in aging reverse, I totally start with changing your state first, because if I can get you stuck, if I can get you to see your vision and that's Uh, where I spend a third of the book is like, let's, let's figure out what it is that you actually want. What's your, I can help you figure out what's I call your driving core motivator. Like what's the thing that's truly holding you back from getting what you want. So if you do that work first, you don't even have to touch the diet. Just do that work first, get clear on what it is that you want. And then once you're clear on that, give me 10 days. And it doesn't have to be forever, but give me 10 days and let me tell me how you feel. I can't tell you, I put a whole test group through this and all of them kind of came in kicking and screaming, like, I don't want to give up these things. And they, none of them went back because they were feel so good. So yeah. So, and what's cool about this, Lori, by the way, is it goes with any other program. Like you could, you could do it with keto. You could do it with IIFYM. You could do it with whatever you want to do because it's, it's based on natural real foods. It'll still tie in. Oh my God. That's so huge because I just, I think about all of the times that I've been motivated to finish anything and it's because I spent all the time in the vision. Yeah. That's it. Like That's anything it. and everything. And I look back to even when I was doing a big body transformation when I was younger and it was like, just the picture of the body is not going to be enough. It mm-hmm. never is. It never, mm-hmm. it might work for the first whatever, but what, what happens when um, maybe that particular vision, do you have anyone or have you experienced this or heard of this? I know you've been in the industry for a long time where maybe they're in their vision, they're living that vision, but that initial vision is no longer motivating them. How do we, like, I guess this is even me right now. Like, how do I figure out what that next vision is? Yeah. Yeah. And that's important. And those do change all the time. Mm -hmm. And my vision has changed many times, but it's, you have to create that space. You know, and that's the problem. We don't daydream anymore. We don't like, there's too much technology. So if you don't create the space to really take a break from technology and go for a walk just without your cell phone, and like to literally take that space, it's not going to come to you. Mm-hmm. So you can't really tap into that when you're just in hustle, hustle, hustle. Mm-hmm. So it is creating space, whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be a big vacation. It could be literally a walk um, without your phone for a little while just to like look at the trees. Um, but it's in those moments when you can separate from your to-do list that you're going to start really getting clear on what it is that you want. And you know, really get focused on what do you get lost in? Where is your flow? Where do you feel um, like you're thriving? Where do you lose track of time? And where can you pick up more of that and make that more your vision? Um, mm-hmm. So like for me right now, I have different visions with my business, with whatever, but I can tell you for my health and my body, I'm very clear on, on where I want to be and what I don't want. So to me, grabbing a donut versus what I really want for my health and my long term, they're not, that doesn't match. So I'm going to second guess that donut most of the time. <laughs> Every now and then I might have it. But it's like, but it's true. Like I really, I really look at that. I really take that on. Like I don't want to be the 70 year old that's, you know, sick and dying. I, you know, 
I wanted to do everything in my power to prolong and be healthy and focused. Now, there's there's a huge element we can't control, but there's a lot that we can control. Mm-hmm. So if changing your diet and your food is going to give you extra focused mobile years, why wouldn't you do it? Mm. What do you wish more people asked you about your life? Mm. Gosh. Um, I wish selfishly, I wish more people would ask, how can I support you? Like it's funny. I I want to say that. And I say that because I don't think we ask that enough of friends and people. And it goes, I, I like, I have, I definitely am fortunate to have friends that do like, you're exactly one of them. Always like how you and Chris are like, how can I support you? Which is amazing. And I try to be that for other people, but I wish more, (laughs) thank you. I wish more people would do that because I think it, it would make everybody really feel more like a tribe, more feel more like a community when we would support each other and lift them up and celebrate versus like always taking, you know? So I wish more people would that. So I don't know if that's what you meant by that question, but that's Mm -hmm. what came up for me. And then um, I would would like more people, as far as people that come to me with like their nutrition or their fitness questions, I would love instead of them saying, what's the one pill or what's the one diet or the one exercise, I'd rather them say, what's the thought process I need to change? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I would love that question because that is where we really can make a difference and change your control. Mm -hmm. So, but coming at me with like, what's the one exercise or the one supplement or the one whatever, like that doesn't, that doesn't work. Oh my gosh. I I so resonate with that. And I love, love, love that you answered that question with that question, because I think that so, I I think that women have the hardest time with asking for help. And in order to, in order to change our state, in order to do this, we do, I think we need help. Like we, a lot of times if we want space, we need help, like getting space, or sometimes you don't even know where to start. And you just say, I freaking need help. Like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, and I, I will say I've had so many breakthroughs in clarity. Like when I actually talk to a friend about a problem sometimes, and I don't mean to go to talk about a problem to vent, but like really to look at what am I missing here? Because we can't solve a problem with the same thoughts that got us into a problem. Yeah. So if you don't ask somebody or have a friend to ask, you really do stay stuck in that loop. So I think it's important to have a surrounding of people that you could like, you have somebody you could say, Hey, can I bounce off what's going on in my mind just to get it out of me? Maybe you'll see something I'm missing. So you talk about, um, the right people, like really making sure you have the right people in your life. How have you created the right people in your life? And, and, you know, it's not just, I I have to say, I think so many people look at someone like you and, you know, you, you had a a large following or whatever that looks like. And maybe they assume that it's easy for you, but I want to know, I know that this is something that you have built. Like you've, yeah, you've really I'm a connector. I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm seriously like, I love being a connector. I love getting to know people. And I, mm-hmm. I, my friends always joke that I'm a connector. Like I, because I'm, I'm very interested in people. And then I, I do connect people when I think yeah. there's a good match. But what I look for is I always want people's stories and I always want to know more about them and what their vision is. But I, I'm really big on integrity too. So like if you, I trust people until I don't. So mm-hmm. if like someone says they're going to do something or they're, showing up and then, or they're not like, I noticed that stuff. So who do I let in my life? Like anyone's allowed to start in my life, but like, you know, I don't keep people around that prove that they're not that, that they're not, and they are not full of integrity or they're not authentic. Like, I don't like that. So it's just, it's a sense, it's a intuition, I guess. Um, it's not like necessarily a tit for a tat, but I can tell like genuine people and I want more of them in my life. And you know, if someone's listening and they're like, I just don't have anyone in my life like that. Like I said earlier, you can invent that from podcasts, from books, from whatever, like podcasts are like the best thing ever. Just like turning on and listening to like your podcast. Like it feels like you're in that conversation with people. It's such a life changing, amazing tool and they're free, which is crazy. Like it's just this, it feels like you're walking with a friend listening to that. So you can evoke that in. You can have that in, even if you don't physically have those friends in your life right now. Mm, it, podcasts were so powerful for me. I, they were my first tribe for sure. Like yes. books, books um, and then podcasts and coaching and events and things like that. But it is powerful because you get to hear how we're having this conversation right now. Yes. You, you guys use our questions. Like, <laughs> yeah. All, like listen to the language. And, and that's been really huge for me is just learning how these conversations even start. Like how do people ask people to be a part of 
you know. But, but you know, you know, as a kid, as when we're little kids, we ask people to be our friends. We're like, we, yeah. friend? and we're like, okay. But just so you know, you guys, I'm 47. I still do that. I, yeah. I asked you to be my friend, Lori. Do you remember, like years ago? <laughs> I think I, I literally, I sent Lori an email like four or five years ago. Yeah, I remember. And I was like, hey, I, we have a lot in common. I think we should be friends, basically. <laughs> and, and I was like, like oh yeah. my god, we had a friend. To be your friend. <laughs> I still do that. Like, I meet someone I like. I'm interested. I'm like, let's be friends. I mean, wh- why yeah. did we stop doing that? I don't know. It's the only thing that works. Yeah. Like it's literally the only thing that works. Otherwise we get into that weird space of we build stories. Yeah. And I just, I didn't, I'm not feeling weird about it. So I don't think people feel weird about it with me. Like if you're making a story about it, it's weird, but it's not weird. Yeah. It might feel weird at first and you're going to get used to it just like anything else. So yeah. Is there something in your life right now that you desire more of? Oh, I desire more space to think and be free. You know, I, I question myself daily with that because I, it's very easy for me to get caught up with work and the to-do list and saying yes to things. It's a very easy thing. So I, when I find myself like not doing my workout or not going for a walk or not spending time with my husband or my daughter because of a work thing, then I, I'm like, okay, I got to shift this. So I'm desiring more space and I'm, the only way I know how to create that is by controlling more, which is interesting because that's a whole other topic about letting go of control. But I've had to put some things in place. Like, for example, I no longer book interviews, appointments, meetings on Fridays, period. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I can't work Fridays. I just like having a day that I'm free to do whatever. Like if yeah. I something pops up, I want to do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, for the most part, stopped booking interviews, appointments, meetings before 10 or 11 a.m., just so I like, I, I had to like control my schedule. Now I catch yeah. myself wanting to squeeze something in, and it's not perfect. But by putting control things in place, it does help me stay focused on the space I wanted to create. Oh my god, that's so important and so tangible. So mm-hmm. tangible, just being able to do that. So I could talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> what What's something that we haven't shared that maybe you want to share with people, if anything? Gosh, um, what's something we haven't shared? Um, I don't know. I think we shared a lot. I can't think of anything right now. We did share that, a lot. Yeah, we shared a lot. Um, where can we? Where can we find? Where can we get your book? Because I know yeah. it's out right now. Which is yes. it's a you beautiful get my book, book anywhere. Anywhere yeah. books are sold. Aging in reverse. Um, anywhere books are sold. Barnes and I mean I have. You can go to uh, www.age-in-reverse.com if you yeah. want links to like exactly where to get it on Barnes and Noble and Amazon and all that. And I've got a few bonuses there. Otherwise, anywhere books are sold and. I am on social media everywhere. Natalie Jill Fitz. And yeah. Natalie, I love the way it's written. Like I love all of the um, call outs so that technically if you want, it doesn't feel like a book you have to sit down and read cover to cover. Yeah. I feel like you can really look up like what's hitting you and get a lot of really awesome answers right away. Thank you. Um, it's really a beautiful book. You guys go grab the book, um, share it. Uh, listen to this podcast, share this podcast. If this hit you um, and affected your life at all, make sure you text it to a friend. And we would love to hear your takeaways. Yeah. So make sure that you take both of us so that we can chat with you there and hear your takeaways. So um, I'm so grateful for you. I always feel like I get so much smarter around you. So thank God oh, for that. Yes. <laughs> I feel the same about you. And I just have to say, you guys, it truly, Natalie has been like such a light in my life. She's been such Aww. a connector for me of so many awesome people. Um, and that's, that's a place where I have a massive weakness. So you had, um, you don't anymore. I had, I had, thank you for catching that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say thank you for that. And I'm so grateful. Yay. And I love that you wrote another book because it just, it just, yeah. I don't know. I'm just constantly, constantly learning. And I love hearing your journey. So thank, thank you so you. much. And, um, you know what? I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this question again. Maybe it changed because it's my ending, ending question. Okay. We'll have to go back and see what you said on the first one. Okay. Um, so you have like 30 seconds with a total stranger, either in mm-hmm. passing or in an elevator or whatever it is, but it's only 30 seconds. And they look at you and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Oh, gosh. Um, decide you're going to decide. Mm-hmm. Like literally decide and you start acting as if and you'll be there. Like it's literally impossible. If you just smile really big, it's impossible to stay bad in a bad mood. Like oh literally, God. if anyone listening just smiles really big, you're going to mm-hmm. shift your whole energy. And you're going to shift people around your energy. So it's a decision. It's literally a decision. And I would say it's a decision. Decide. Mm. Oh my God. I love that. 
Thank you. I needed that. All right, you guys, if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community. And everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. 
It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthday.com slash Lori. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com.